Jonas Valanciunas gets a contract extension. Is this deja vu all over again for the Pelicans? Plus two games this weekend against the Chicago Bulls tonight on the road and then on Saturday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's talk about it in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Also, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms five days a week for you all. No, no, no cover charge. No paywall, that's the word I'm actually thinking of. Anything like that, just free Pelicans Talk five days a week. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, final show of the week. First week of the regular season. Got off to a bit of a disappointing start. We talked about what we learned from the loss against the 76ers the other day. Wasn't as bad as we thought, right? Like that was definitely kind of a glass half full kind of game. And we're hoping the Pelicans can build on that this weekend with two games against the Chicago Bulls tonight and then against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So yeah, big time games coming up here for New Orleans to try and get on the winning track. But before we get to all of that stuff, uh, we got a contract extension here. In the works, and that is Jonas Valanciunas, not in the works, it's done, getting a contract extension, two additional years, $30.1 million. So he's now tied to New Orleans basically for three years and $44 million, which honestly isn't terrible, actually, I think, when you kind of look at the player that he is. You know, in that trade with the Memphis Grizzlies, he was the best player involved in that Eric Bledsoe was asked last season. Steven Adams was hurt and is starting to kind of look a little bit washed and maybe show some of his age despite being a super nice dude. And then, you know, you had the draft picks and all of that. But the best player was actually coming back to New Orleans in Jonas Valanciunas. He had a rough first game going 3 of 19, missing 16 shots. But look, when you look at his numbers historically, that is not what he does. That's not how it's going to go with him. The only... So, so on the surface of this, like, it's fine. This is a guy who, you know, the other season averaged 17 points per game, shot nearly 60%, was third in the league in rebounds per game at over 12. Like, $15 million a year for him? Like, that sounds about right. That seems fine to me. I don't hate that. The Pelicans actually have a very good cap situation going forward, so they're not really worried about, you know, giving him some money. And look, it's also not like New Orleans attracts big name free agents, right? We just learned that this offseason, that they're not a destination. So you've got to kind of keep your own guys if they're talented basketball players. And that's something that Valanciunas is, even if I don't think he's the best, best fit next to Zion Williamson. It's a good basketball player and you want those on your team if you can't normally get them otherwise. So you have one here. You may as well try and keep him. So giving him the extension from that perspective makes total sense. But there is a bit of a flip side, and we've been here before to a certain degree, right? Does David Griffin have the best track record in New Orleans of bringing in centers? The answer is not really. His first year here, he traded for Derek Favors. That didn't work out too well. You know, part of that was injuries and some personal stuff and him just really struggling to adjust to a different franchise than the Utah Jazz. But it didn't work out. 
Then last season, you had them trade for Steven Adams, give up a first-round pick for Steven Adams, like for Steven Adams, not really as like kind of part of another, you know, it was part of a bigger deal. But it wasn't like how they traded a first-round pick for Valanciunas. They traded a first-round pick to dump the salaries of Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams while also getting him. They didn't go out and be like, oh, we got to trade a first-round pick for him like they did for Steven Adams a year ago. And then before Adams even played a game, a minute in New Orleans, we did this. They gave him a two-year contract extension. And you saw how that worked out last year. The, the spacing on the court, abysmal. It gave Zion no room to work, and he was still as good as he was. It gave Brandon Ingram no room to work. That's why you saw his shots at the rim kind of dry up last year. There was just no space for him to drive to. It wasn't a lack of aggression. There's just no room for him to go. So you get another center that really is a down low type of score. And you're going to do the same thing before he even plays a minute, before you see if the spacing and the fit is really there. You see my skeptical face, and I think that's an understandable thing. I don't know if this is the right move. Again, on the surface of it, I get it, right? Like you're not going to spend all that money in free agency and get someone better than Valanciunas is. So you may as well keep the guy you have. But fit when it comes to Zion Williamson, I think, is so important that not at least seeing it out there on the court a little bit makes me nervous. He's not a court spacer. He's not. He shoots a good percentage from deep. It doesn't matter. No one's guarding him out there. And that's like truly the essence of court spacing. They're not going to also use him as like a catch-and-shoot guy. That's not really what he does. So you can't kind of use that argument of, well, he'll space the court. Like, don't show me those numbers or anything like that. It doesn't matter. And so I get a little bit nervous when I see this because we saw it literally last year. We talked ourselves into Steven Adams. It's easier to talk ourselves into Valanciunas, but are we doing that because we're fans of the team to a certain degree and kind of hoping for the best? You know, if, if you really wanted him to stay, if he really wanted to stay, and it sounds like he wanted this, right? Obviously, he wouldn't accept it otherwise. It would have been there at the end of the season. No one was going to offer him f over $15 million a year. You know, you probably would have been able to bring him back and it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like, this sounds like it's an early bird exception. So it's 120% of what he was making last year. At least I think. It's fine. Like, you should have been able to get this done in the offseason. You didn't need to do this right now. Even if, as I said, it makes sense. Because there is ways it could go kind of haywire. And that's... Not what you want. It's still tradable. Like, he's a very tradable guy. I don't think that would necessarily be a problem. But you did have to dump the money for Steven Adams. You did have to dump the money for Eric Bled. So it worked out in the end for New Orleans. You got Valanciunas. You ended up with Trey Murphy, even if after trading back seven spots. But eh, still, it's draft capital. Those are very valuable things. Maybe you could have gotten more to drop back those seven spots in this draft. Not really sure. So this makes me... A little bit nervous, just kind of given the past history, even if on the surface of it, like it's like, yeah, I get it. It makes sense. But I'm, I'm going to hold off on all of this and let's see what the public's doing for agency and how the rest of this season goes. All right. So we got games coming up this weekend. The Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about that next. Then the Minnesota Timberwolves. But before we get to all of that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by McDonald's. 
the proudly serving the community since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. And win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. And it's a place you always look forward to stopping out on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. Look, late night after Pelicans game, swing by McDonald's, almost like a rite of passage and a tradition. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and to reconnect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day, free and available five days a week for you all. No one else coming to you like this. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Saints podcast with host Ross Jackson, who just got married, um, which is awesome news. Awesome dude, one of the best to cover black and gold. Like If you were to pick like rising stars, he would be one of them. He's kind of everywhere now, and it's awesome that he's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, breaking down the black and gold every single day. We're both free and available five days a week for you all, letting you know everything you want to know about both of these squads. And it's a game day for the Pelicans on the road in the United Center against the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls who who kind of beat the brakes off of everybody in preseason and started off the regular season strong with a win over the Detroit Pistons. They're kind of a team that feels like they're on a little bit of a mission this year. They want to prove that they're kind of back. They're really looking to kind of retool on the fly and get into the playoffs and not kind of go through a long rebuild. And look, it works. When you have a guy like Zach Levine who's really come into his own as a player, you have a young guy in Patrick Williams from a couple of seasons ago. They tra- uh, they traded for, they signed Lonzo Ball in free agency to a big money deal. They traded for DeMar DeRozan. At the trade deadline last year, they traded for Nikola Vucevic. They kind of really went all in. And so they need to be good, right? Given all of the moves that they made, they can't be going through a slow rebuild. And look, they haven't kind of gotten off to a slow start whatsoever. So this is the team that the Pelicans play. And look, there's going to probably be a little bit more of an extra edge in this one from Lonzo Ball and the rest of the team. You know he wants to beat New Orleans. You know his fans, and I know you guys are listening. Thank you for the listens and the money it puts in my pocket, by the way. I, I, I love you guys here for that reason. You know, that's a group that wants to beat New Orleans and probably wants to beat them pretty badly. So they're going to come out, I think, extra motivated in this one, which means New Orleans needs to definitely rise to that challenge kind of mentally and know that this is going to happen. In their opening night game, Zach Levine absolutely torched, torched the Pistons. 34 points from him on the night. He was 11 of 17 from uh, the field, but just one of five from deep. But he got to the line 11 times. And he's just kind of the key to this whole thing. You know, we saw Nikhil Alexander-Walker struggle defensively. We saw a guy like Devontae Graham kind of be up and down. This one's going to come down to the defense on Zach Levine. Anzo Ball probably hit a couple of shots, right? Vucevic is going to hit a couple of threes. He's going to do a little bit of work down low. But he scored 15 points in the opening night game. DeMar DeRozan is going to shoot that mid-range jumper, and he's going to score like 15, 16 points per game. He scored 17 in their game on Wednesday. You know kind of what this team's going to do. It's just a solid all-around team. But if you can limit a guy like Zach Levine, you force those other guys to step up, and DeMar DeRozan isn't a number one option. Vucevic isn't a number one option, and Lonzo Ball certainly isn't a number one option. It's definitely not Alex Caruso off the bench. The problem is I don't know if New Orleans can do that. At least not the guards, right? You may need a guy like Trey Murphy in there to really try and slow him down and maybe put some length and a lot of lateral quickness up there with him. That's probably going to be the key to it. But if he's not 
getting to the line and you're not committing fouls and he's being limited, I don't know who else is going to step up to the Bulls and kind of lead them to victory. You'll live with DeMar DeRozan hitting those mid-rangers. Lonzo Ball might have another like 5 of 12 night from the field overall, which is what he had on their opening night game. I'm not really worried about Vucevic like beating New Orleans single-handedly. I think there's a chance here for the Pelicans if they can kind of keep up some of the same offense they had from their guys. Brandon Ingram tries to be a killer and gets, you know, kind of attacking. Valanciunas gets into the middle of the road. Like, if he shoots 40%, I'm going to be thrilled in this game after the 3-for-19 performance on opening night. There's a chance here, I think. And it starts with limiting Zach Levine. And this is where, you know, head coach Willie Green is going to really need to earn his money's worth because that's going to be a tough challenge. It's definitely not an easy thing to do. Chicago's not going to necessarily score down low. They didn't score a ton of points in the paint. They don't play the fastest out there. Um, despite, you know, having opportunities to do so. They're going to try and beat you in the half court with a lot of isolation basketball through Zach Levine and then Lonzo connecting everyone else together. That's a beatable team, I think. And this will be kind of the first, you know, uh, the first. It's the second game. Of course, it's kind of the first of everything, right? But this is truly where we're going to see. Can this backcourt keep up with some of the more elite guards? They didn't play that in at home against the Philadelphia 76ers and they got beat. This is a tough kind of challenge for him and maybe they've gotten a little bit better worked out the kinks since Wednesday but you're going to need to if you want to win this game because Zach Levine is definitely that good so we'll see I'm excited for this one there's going to again be a little bit of an extra edge Twitter's going to be probably absolutely miserable today throughout all of this Um, so there you go all right coming up we're going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves and what that game is going to look like on Saturday second night of a back-to-back for New Orleans but before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. I've been like living on the road for work, traveling the past couple of weeks. I'm going to be traveling this weekend again too. I keep multiple Built Bars in my bag. You're just hungry on a plane and you just can't eat pretzels again or nothing of that airport food looks good or you just need a little bit of breakfast to kind of keep you going. These things are perfect. They almost, they taste like candy bars. You're not even going to realize you're eating something good and healthy for you. And that's kind of why I like them. The protein bar doesn't need to be a gourmet five-star meal or anything like that. But if you can eat one that doesn't taste miserable, eat one that doesn't taste miserable and in fact tastes really good. And that's what Built Bars are. They have so many delicious flavors. Whether you want the mint brownie, which is one of my personal favorites, the salted caramel, which is truly like a candy bar. And someone commented on YouTube that it really was the other day. You've got double chocolate cookies and cream. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine different flavors. And not only are they the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, only four to five grams sugar, only four to five grams net carbs. They're all amazing tasting. They're all healthy for you. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 over at built.com to get 15% off your next order of Built Bars. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day, free and available on all platforms five days a week for you all. Um, So don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Do both and tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. All of this takes like 30 seconds. It really helps the show out and I appreciate the support that everyone gives. It's going to be an interesting start to the year. So we went over that the game against the Chicago Bulls might be a little bit dicey for And I'm not sure it gets any easier against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves feel like a bit of a different team, too. Not quite in the same vein as the Chicago Bulls where they retooled on the fly. But now they finally have kind of their first year 
of head coach Chris Finch, who was hired midseason last year after they fired Ryan Saunders. He gets an offseason with the team, training camp, preseason, all that, to kind of instill everything he wants, and not just on the fly, right? And they look pretty good on opening night. I don't know if it means a ton because they played against the Houston Rockets, as my mic wants to fall here. But they looked good in that game and looked like not not like the Timberwolves of old. And even despite kind of the turmoil they had this offseason, they kind of came out firing. Their three best players led them, and that's what they want, right? Carl Anthony Towns is an absolute monster and probably the best center in the league. 30 points on the night, 10 rebounds for him. He was 3 of 4 from deep, 11 of 15 from the field overall. Look, in this game, you've got to get him in some foul trouble. In the first preseason game against Minnesota, you saw him kind of beast New Orleans down low. He he forced a lot of trouble on Jackson Hayes in particular, but there was no Valanciunas in that one. I'm going to be really curious about that battle. And I'd like to see Valanciunas become a focal point early on for this team because then that means maybe you can get Carl Anthony Towns in some foul trouble, keep him on the bench, and limit his impact on this game. When you have a center like that, keeping him out is going to be a really, really important thing. He can score anyway, but if you get him in fouls, he's on the bench, he ain't scoring. That's kind of a big thing. They also had Anthony Edwards, their young player, 29 points on the night, 6 of 12 from deep. This is going to be a bit of a theme here, right? Then you had D'Angelo Russell, one point maybe looking like the odd man out there, but I don't think so anymore. 22 points, 7 assists, he was 4 of 8 from deep. This Timberwolves team looks different because they look modern. They took 38 threes. That's a lot. They made 16 of them. That's also a lot. 42.1%. They want to bomb away. So New Orleans needs to be stout on the perimeter. And they're doing this so they can create space for Carl Anthony Towns down low. So if you get Towns in foul trouble, you can kind of disrupt their whole game plan, I think. So it's going to come down to Valanciunas doing that. It's going to come down to the guards trying to continue to be aggressive, right? Nikhil driving, trying to get into the teeth of that defense and seeing if he can go to the line. But maybe more importantly, Brandon Ingram. Keep up what you were doing the other night against the Philadelphia 76ers, sir. Keep attacking the basket, all of those drives, all of those dunks, but not one foul call. It's not always going to be that way. So I'm looking at you, refs. Call the game properly, which means Brandon Ingram probably needs to go to the line like eight times. He can do that. It definitely means Towns is getting into some foul trouble, and that's going to really level the playing field, I think, between the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. That's kind of the way to beat this team. He's he's really that good. You know, Houston, or the Minnesota wants to kind of get out and run, so you really need to be good with the ball, too. If you're turning it over, they're going to turn those into points off turnovers and fast break opportunities. Limit that. New Orleans did a pretty good job of not turning the ball over and being sound with the ball in game one, so I think you can kind of take away some of those easy buckets for the Timberwolves, but it's a tough set of back-to-back games. Pels are actually seven-point underdogs, against the Chicago Bulls in this game tonight. So we'll see. And Josh Hart is questionable for the game tonight. He got an MRI and has got some issues with, with his leg after leaving that game early. We're going to see. But look, I'm excited. It's it's basketball. It's meaningful. It's the regular season. This team is fun. I enjoyed watching Brandon Ingram and the rest of the guys play. So win or lose, I'm excited about it. Um, programming note, I'm going to be in Austin for the Formula One race this weekend, which is Sunday, so I don't know if I'm going to record Sunday night or when I get back to New Orleans Monday afternoon. So there will be something on Monday. It just might not be right away for you all, but we'll see. It might depend on how the games go and if I have room in my bag to pack my microphone uh, to bring it along with me. But there's going to be something on Monday breaking down both these games and kind of looking at the week two and the other big stories which are going to be coming up. And maybe we'll get a Zion update too. That would be a super nice thing to see. 
So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, this week of Locked On Pelicans, opening week of the regular season. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from and available on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment. Make Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day, free and available five days a week for you all. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday and enjoy the weekend.